Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Ah, God. Are you excited for season three? No. Okay. It's lame. It's just boring. That's the thing. Like, forget the books. That's just a lame plot point. Why couldn't you make it interesting? It was lame. Why is he there? Ah, you got Matt. Let's go on to Matt. Matt sucked as well. But to be fair, Matt sucked in the books. So this was the one I was hoping for change. <laughs> what? I'm just letting you rant. I'm just going <laughs> just, just, to just go off. <laughs> no there. one else around. Nobody. There's no white cloaks around that area. They're not fighting. They're just standing in a line waiting. And they see one, one guy. One vagabond <laughs> walk out. And they go... Charge! Like, why? Welcome, welcome, everyone, to Tudor Ramble. My name is Richard. My name is Austin, and I think I hear an energy difference. Because you yeah. hated the show. I Okay, I didn't like it at all. <laughs> now, Rich, I hear the melancholy. It's coming right through. I feel... I feel bad because I want the real time is your thing and I want you to love it. And I, I don't like seeing you like as much as it looks to the public that I like your demise. You like disliking wheel of time. I just like you take a little bit of pleasure but out of it. It's more so because it, it hurts you. Okay. Yeah. I, but when I see you like this, it's just it, it hurts my tiny little heart <laughs> just in the tiniest way. Okay. By the way, this <laughs> this video that we're doing here, it's a wheel time season two review. What we're going to do, we're going to talk three things first. We're going to talk Wheel Time Season 1, give brief thoughts on that since we haven't had a video, and just compare that to Season 2. Secondly, we're going to talk Wheel Time epi- Season 2, Episodes 1 through 7, which we thought were very different. Also good. Mm-hmm. It, but then where you see Rich's melancholy come is we have the odd opinion, and I feel a little crazy, Rich. Mm-hmm. We'll get into specifics, but Episode 8, the finale of Wheel Time Season 2, people loved it. You did not. Yeah, I noticed what I did. You did not. I'm trying to target you. I also didn't yeah. like it. <laughs> like everybody hate on Rich. No, I, I I totally agree with you. When we'll get into all the details, but Rich, how do you react to something like this? Where Wheel of Time season two episode eight, the finale, mm-hmm. has a nine point two on IMDb right now, Ugh. and the general populace seems to love the episode. And we are we are the odd ones out. Here's the thing. I'm more confused than anything. I understand people maybe having low expectations for the show, and they just want to see their favorite characters on on the screen, and doesn't care that much about some details. Fine, fair enough. Or you want some cool action, something put on the background you want to watch your food with. Maybe you liked it, but loved it? Your favorite thing? That I don't understand. That's where my confusion comes in. It's not an anger. It's just confusion. Because we, I, I seem, it seems like we're in some bubble here where everybody yeah. seems to like it. And we, yet, we don't I like don't. it. And I don't want to, I don't want to continue our, our infamous reputation at this point. I kind of do. I like it. But <laughs> whenever you come to our channel, it's just we, we are more negative about things generally when it comes to shows at times. I know, I know we hated Kenobi. Yeah. We hated Rings reason. of Power. 
for good reason. <laughs> we hated some movies like Black Adam. Uh, and by hate, I, it's a strong word because we really did. Now Wheel It Time, is a strong word because, yeah, it is true. But would you use the word hate when it comes to Wheel of Time Season 2? Because I wouldn't say hate. No, I, I was incredibly let down because I, real, I actually did like Episodes 1 through 7. Okay, then let's, let's start the conversation here since we haven't talked Season 1. Was Season 2 an upgrade from Season 1 of Wheel of Time? Episodes 1 through 7? Most definitely. Season 1 had some serious flaws where I was actually hoping that the TV show would maybe improve on the books. There's some, there's some uh, negative qualities from the books that could have been improved on. I was even fine with a lot of the changes. So I was thinking... Most people were not down with Perrin having a wife in season Oh, by one. the way, we're going to get into spoilers for the shows yeah. uh, and talk some book details, but there won't be spoilers past book two. Yeah. Okay, so, so. If, if you haven't watched the show anyways, like, feel free to just listen and get the context there. I don't think mm-hmm. it's a huge deal. No. But just wanted to let people know in case you wanted to click off. I was okay with that change as yeah. long as they did something interesting with it. There's a bunch of other, other things in that same vein of like, okay, hey, you're changing it. It's, it's another turning of the wheel. It's not ripping the story from the page. It's its own thing, and I was fine with that. Just do something cool and interesting with your changes. And I feel like they just did not. They did not pay off any of the changes that they made. This is interesting to have us two look at this, because I think most people that are listening probably agree with season one, where they're going to make more disagrees when we talk season two. Mm -hmm. But you love the Wheel Time books, I'm I'm on the third book now, so just based on we've already reviewed on this channel books one and two, and I don't like them. Yeah, right. I'm not I'm not a fan yet. I I assume like I'm hoping, and I think it will just get better and better. Yeah, I'm I'm rooting. And now that I watched the show, I have a newfound appreciation <laughs> for maybe I should up those ratings. But th- this is interesting because we both looked at season one. You as a Wheel of Time fan, me mm-hmm. as more of a casual like ah, okay i'm reading the books to talk about on the pod and i'm curious to see what they are we both didn't like it yeah for different reasons because i think i'm more lenient when it comes to the show adaptation with it doesn't have to be as faithful for a viewer like me since i'm not you know when reading lord of the rings all this stuff is gold put that on screen right with i think generally wheel of time fans agree there's some changes you can make that can improve it especially yeah. in the early books that only i've read so far is that correct Definitely. I, I At least I think so. So I don't think they need to be completely faithful. There's some like nuggets that probably need to be true that mm-hmm. one particular change from season one, for example, that I think it's, it's an ill-conceived change that they really should not have done for the sake of world building was they made it so that the dragon could have been male or female. And so that was the whole question, who is the dragon reborn? It could be a woman, it could be a man. And that kind of breaks some of the tension from the world. Because I think an important factor of the world building is everyone knows the prophecies of the dragon would be reborn. And he would be reborn, of course, as a man. And men who can channel go mad. That is the fear. <laughs> that's right. that's part of the fear of the dragon coming back and you know he's going to go crazy. That's important. Mm. If the dragon comes back as a woman, she's not going to go crazy because the taint is not right, on. That's how the so, one power Exactly. Works. Well, for the show. So that's almost like tossing it at us. Everyone just praying like, please let the dragon be a woman. Please, for the love of God, let the dragon be a woman. And I think that really they didn't do anything with that at the show. So I think that was a fundamental change I didn't like. And mm-hmm. there's plenty of others, but. 
I think the point we agree on, we'll get into season two, but mm-hmm. with season one especially, the changes they made were not just boring changes, but it was done poorly. So yeah. just a, I know it's a whole season of television. We can't talk about the whole thing, but compared to season two, season two had way better moments and way better storyline going up to the finale. Mm-hmm. But season one, there's moments like Nynaeve dying, coming back to life, having several moments like that. Or the, the one that I just continue to laugh at, mm. the tinker scene. The tinker oh, that and was the hilarious. White that it, was just poorly, like done. poor music was added to that the scene. The music and the scene was weird. <laughs> it's just the tinkers start crossing arms. And then the just white cloaks, these, slap. these killers, the people that torture Perrin, look at them and just click, slap. Slap. <laughs> the, the moment was just funny because it obviously does not happen in the books at all. Yeah. So, which doesn't have to be a bad thing. But season one was a downer for most people, mm-hmm. including you. Well, definitely. It, the best example for me is I think season one, there were so many moments and episodes where I felt like they just wasted time. Like you have this big book to tell. A lot of stuff you have no time to waste. You have to use every moment. And for season one, when they had that whole uh, episode dedicated to the warder killing himself, mm. which is a brand new character. that So you introduce him, you give him his whole backstory. It's the whole episode follows him, basically. And then he kills himself by the end. And never happened in the books. Completely original character. Why? Like, you wasted a whole episode on a non, like, an inconsequential character. Why'd you do that? There's so, like... Spend that time with a main character, right. please. I could see the writers thinking, okay, we want to show them how close a warder is to their eyes to die so that they could relate to... I am agreeing with you, though. Yeah. I, I get you, but I could see the thought process behind that because also think about this. Loghain in the show, season one especially, mm-hmm. has a significantly more presence than in the, in the book one. He's just like, you yeah. see him once, right? Which, personally, but, I like. I like adding more yeah. Loghain. So adding more Loghain was such an interesting choice where I went, okay, now, because you see the consequences and the cost of if Rand goes mad. It, yeah. It was cool to see, and it was interesting where they went, but again, the, the finale, the of what they do with it. The conclusion of what they do is what the problem was, but those thoughts aside, so let's talk season two, episode one through seven, and what you liked, because you were on the Dusty Wheel. Yeah. And you talked with the Dusty Wheel, and we're pretty positive. Yeah, generally, I had mostly positive things to say, and my hesitations, or my reservations were kind of kept in check, going like, okay, well, let's see where it goes. Mm-hmm. Or I was questioning some decisions, but others I was down for. So I did not feel, through episodes one through seven, any point where I'm like, oh, this is a waste of time. Right. Every moment felt necessary he was pushing a character story along it felt like it was building to something Mm. and that's why i am so disappointed in the finale so episodes one through seven then what were some strong points oh can can we first talk yeah let's talk some great positives on episodes one through seven so first right off the bat Mm. leandrin oh yeah oh my god what a great improvement i Mm. in the books no sympathy, really, for her character. She's just kind of the bad guy. In the show, I have a lot of sympathy for it. The actress did a great job. Wonderful. That, oh, that's one thing to note for season one and two. I think the casting's great. Yeah, casting's yeah, cast, good. Castings. I I maybe have like some nitpicks. Yeah. Of, like Avienda for me just doesn't look quite right. But then again, we haven't had much for her to show. So reservations on that. But other than that, casting's really good. Yeah. Uh, so with. Um, Red the Red Aja with Leandra. 
Leandrin. Le- Leandrin. Mm-hmm. Okay, with Leandrin, she... Oh, oh. Red was falling. Our little stuffed animal was falling. He got, got a little nervous. So with Leandrin, acting's great. And also yeah. the more sympathy you can have with her, her son who's dying and dies, you can go... You can look at a dark friend, a, a black Aja, and get a little bit more than you would from the books, which is just no sympathy. Yeah, I mean, there are... There are some good sympathetic moments, but not specifically with Leandrin in the books. Inktar, for example, in yeah, the books. Yeah, Inktar was a great... doesn't have that role in the show. So maybe they replaced that Inktar moment because it would have been too much too much to handle with what you could fit. Yeah. And they kind of took Inktar's role and threw, threw something at Leandrin. This is something for the greater show, not specifically this season, but probably would have been nice to have in the books... Um, Inktar is a good example. It's that first moment that we see a dark friend turn away from the shadow and back to the light and had his redemption. And it was a proof to show that just because they're a dark friend doesn't mean they're irredeemable. They can come back to the light, which makes them less minions that like, oh, they're a dark friend. Kill them all. Just cannon fodder, right? Yeah, where it makes them real people and that you can win them back to your side. It, It makes them real. Mm-hmm. where that lack of character in the show, it would have been good to have, but that's the tiniest of problems right. in the grand scheme of things. But you liked Leandrin's changes. I liked Leandrin's changes. One of the best aspects of the entire show yes. was... Aguain. Say with Egwene, right? Well, with the finale, no. But no, the character that they mm-hmm. have in Selene. Oh, Selene, okay. the... Uh, Help me out. Hurts mm. hurts my head. Wait, who are you thinking of? Not not lots of things <laughs> her hurt name, your head. The dark the Silent the, Forsa- the Forsaken's actual name. Um her help hurt Lanfear? Lanfear, thank you. Oh god, Did, it hurt my head. I feel like I'm the wheel of time expert. <laughs> oh I'm terrible with names. Everyone up. knows this. But Listen, Lanfear <laughs> was great in yeah. the show. Yeah, yeah. Best part, in all honesty, mm. for the whole show, best edition. Great stuff. I would say the best for me was, for just talking episodes one through seven, was Egwene and the torture scenes. Well, that had the best scene. Yeah. You're, you're just talking best uh, what best acting or? Best, best overall change, change? Okay. from the show. Like Okay, change-wise, really I see Really stepped it up. Like, Lanfear was a huge step up in the show compared to the books. I In this. I will book. say, I was so apathetic to season one when season two came around and we saw those scenes with Egwene. Mm-hmm. where she was getting tortured, I, I audibly was going like these, you know, I was just kind of watching the show, but when she was getting tortured and with the water scene, I went, no, don't, don't do it, Egwene. I, and I found myself caring and I went, what is this? I don't, I don't want to feel this way because I'm just going to get hurt. <laughs> and I did get hurt. So that, that was such how, a, that was the most powerful episode. I think episode seven, most powerful. Was it episode seven where I she was getting it, tortured? It was six or seven. Right? I think it was like between the two. Right. But yet, that was the most powerful scene in the entire show. Yeah. Really felt for her. And I was very positive in on the dusty wheel because what I was, what I was afraid of in this type of show and what, you know, Amazon and all these stupid Hollywood shows now do Mm -hmm. is for some reason they take a really good character and normally it's a female character and they don't give them actual flaws. They don't give they don't give them a, a low point moment. Which Egwene does have here. Egwene, in episode you, seven. you need you need a moment for so in the books, and this is just an example, they don't have to do it this way, but 
they did it, and they did it poorly. In the books, Egwene is actually broken. It, this being collared and dehumanized to the point, it is devastates her and affects her later to come. It traumatizes her, and it's a moment of growth for her to rise from. And she needs to be saved. It, there's no hope. She is broken, and she has to be saved then by let- Nynaeve. And it may also, in addition, being saved by Elaine and Nynaeve makes them closer together and really strengthens their bond. Mm-hmm. And it makes the friendship turn to more, you know, sister, sister-like relationship with Elaine actually real. Then let's talk your first problem with episode eight and the finale and why. We'll get, let's get God. to the crux of why you were disappointed. So the point fact one. that they ruined that moment, like she actually, she, the, instead of giving Elaine and Nynaeve actually something to do, no, they make Elaine just save herself. And at that point, really weakens that moment. And it weakens the point of Nynaeve and Elaine being there. I get Elaine ends up healing Rand when he's hurt there, but their whole journey to go and save, go uh, and save Egwene feels kind of useless Yeah, in the grand scheme of things. And not, not just does Egwene overcome, uh, like she beats the bad, the, what, what was her name? Uh, now you got to help me. <laughs> Reyna, Reyna, right? Reyna. Um, beats Reyna. But then after beating Reyna, and we'll, we'll stay on this topic, but after beating mm-hmm. Reyna, stands up against Ishmael. Ishmael. Sorry, Ishmael. Oh my God. The Forsaken. And she's, no. a, she's a novice. She's a novice. And she's look, a novice. One day, one day, she, through her she character, get there one day. she will. She will get there one day. But I. But, I don't no. fe- I don't fear the Forsaken as much. Like, sure, there was a good 30-second clip at the end of the episode, you know, trying to build up the next season. Mm-hmm. But how do you legitimately fear as much for these Forsaken when a one novice is shielding up against Ishamael? Yeah, and then Ishamael, oh, God, there's a lot of problems with him. Like, he just kind of lets Rand's friends come around, and they're just kind of joining up. Then when Rand finally goes up, like, just walks casually up and stabs him and he does nothing it, god that was a miserable moment but let, let's stick to Egwene. okay stick to Egwene. that character Taking, moment for her to be broken is huge so she takes two she takes not only important character moments from nynaeve and, and Egwene uh, in elaine that they lose their purpose for the entire season like why the hell are they even there then takes the glory moment from Rand, where it's supposed to be Rand's big battle to reveal that he is the dragon reborn. So steals that from him, and she gets the big battle with Ishamael. And then cheapens her character for her to have a moment to grow from. It's so short-sighted in of future the moment, In future moments, you see Egwene looks back at her time being tortured and caged. Like, I will never go in chains again. Yeah, no. Will, it, like, later it, it on, it should traumatize her, and yeah. the her overcoming it lessens it enough to where it's like she she got out of it. It lessens the fear it, from it that sh- call. Right. It, it should be so bad that you needed your friends to help you. There was no other way out. You were yeah. you were done for. And to just make her like, oh, she's so strong, she can save herself. No, it just weakens and the, the whole the, emotional it, impact. So it hurts Egwene, it also hurts Nynaeve and Elaine, like you said, where I think the, the last episode cut back to Elaine and Nynaeve with that arrow in her leg. Like three times. So many times that like it just kept flashing back. And then Nynaeve, without taking the uh, the feathers, the fletchings, the fletchings out, yeah. out, just, just shows it through. It through. 
Ah, it, it, it's little details, but think about it this way. Yeah. There's some stuff where they don't even, like, that's the big stuff that they did wrong. Mm-hmm. It's even the little details of what they could have done, and they, I felt they were setting up. Mm-hmm. With Nynaeve setting up the whole season, she should have been the one to heal Rand. She definitely should have been. Why? And when they keep cutting back to her and Elaine of basically them doing nothing three times when you cut back to them and they're just kind of sitting there out in the open. You could have had a moment where a Nynaeve learns that it's rage and anger that is able to get through her block and she's looking out over the whole battle scene and she sees the white cloaks and the Sean Chan hurting the people and then she looks back to Elaine and sees her friend hurt and she gets this rage inside her and then she connects to the one power Mm -hmm. and she's able to you know, fight the Shanchan and she's able to heal Elaine and then she helps um, fight Ishamael and heals Rand. That could have been a great build-up moment for her and she realizes her block, but they do nothing with it. That was set up for her to actually heal and learn how to do healing. Nynaeve's just a non-factor. She's a non-factor and she's arguably my favorite character. It's between her and Rand. It's my favorite characters of the entire series mm. and they do nothing with her. Mm. It, go down the list of characters. So one... In addition to all this, what Elaine takes is, why is Rand there? He pops in, pokes a Shamael, and then, ah, I'm the Dragon Reborn. There's nothing cool that he does in this entire season. What does he do? What does he do that's interesting at all? He's, you know, messing around with Celine and goes on the run and then pops over like, oh, I got to save Egwene. Oh, actually, no, you're good. Um, oh, I got to fight Ishamael. Oh, I guess you're kind of doing that. I'm shielded. I guess I'll poke him with my sword, I guess. <laughs> with the, <laughs> I'm so rich. Uh, so lame. <laughs> rich, I'm, I'm with you. And I'm, I'm, I was afraid to, de- you know, crap on Wheel of Time too much, but can I join no, you? With no, this? you can jo- join can, me, can please. I, can I join you a little bit and also bring up another point that bugged me? Sure. Two points, actually. And this had to do with just a show making. So what you made very clear and a good point is that it doesn't have to be a completely faithful adaptation for you to like it, as long as it's good television. Yeah. So one thing that bugs me, some of the choreography, but specifically the troops and the battle itself. You know what was hilarious (laughs) that you pointed out? Oh, God. There's so many laughing moments. Viewers, viewers, please please tell me if we're insane. Because this is why, this is again why I can't believe, I, I kid you not, people are saying this is their favorite television episode ever of fantasy that they've seen i don't want to call anybody i've just been reading comments and i'm like i'm just trying to understand and Mm -hmm. comments tell us like if you loved it what do you love about it do you agree with our bad like that it's a bad finale and whatnot just let us know because moraine and lan are on the beach yeah several miles from the city like they're in the no man's land on the beach i just i can't wrap my head around like where did those troops come from? What is like, I get it. Land's supposed to fight them off for a dramatic moment, but why were those troops placed there and just randomly on the beach? Like, were they getting a tan? What, they, why? They randomly, like, walk out and go, people, charge, attack. Just from them. the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Like, think of the troop placement. And think of this as well. Think, think of this with Matt, and he has the horn. Mm-hmm. And he's going up the, onto the ramparts, turns oh, the corner. There's just a line, an army. On the ramparts protecting nothing. I guess they were like invading and then they were well, perfectly no, they, in line. Just on the ramparts, lined up battle just ready formations. For Matt to be no there. one else around. Nobody. There, there's no white cloaks around that area. They're not fighting. They're just standing in a line waiting. And they see one, one guy, one vagabond <laughs> walk out and they go, Charge! Like, why? 
this is stupid. It's a stupid setup. And you look at it and you, you ask your question. So let's get into that. <laughs> Horn of Valir. Okay. I was, I was talking to Austin about this on why the books did it so much better. And I just want to give my take on why it's such a letdown from the books. And I know, hey, it doesn't have to be the same as the books. I just want to compare and show, oh, this was cool. And the show did it not cool. <laughs> the books... The White Cloaks are on one side, the yeah. Sean Chan on the other, Matt, Perrin, and Rand basically together and going caught between the two armies and going, oh, crap, we're going to die. Like, both sides want us dead. There's nothing we can do and we can't save a Egwene. Like, oh, my God, we're, we're all dead. Mm -hmm. And in a moment of desperation, Matt thinks to him. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The horn has to be there at the last battle. But why can't it be blown twice? Like, why can't I blow it now? And then it can be blown at the last battle. There's no reason it can't. And so he blows the horn, and this tone, this pure tone goes through the army. Everyone hears it. It's a moment of calm. And a ghost army that wipes both other armies out of the question with heroes from legend, from all of history. And they come up to him. They acknowledge Rand. They look at... Um, Matt go the gambler and they acknowledge all these heroes and they think oh what how do these heroes of legend know me and it's a great moment to great moment to have there and the horn of valir wipes them off wipes the armies off the map and sends the shan chan back into the sea the and you go oh yeah we want that at the last battle like that this is the weapon to use against the dark this definitely will help it has been hyped up for two books and ooh damn does it do some cool stuff and in the show, equally hyped up. It needs to be there at the last battle. It's the most important weapon. The, sh the shadow could use it. And this big, big plot point, it's important. What do we get? The horn blows, and then it's the Horn of Alier versus, what, 20 Sean Chan soldiers, and then we're kind of done. And is it just me? But the chor the choreography of the fights. Who am I? Who am I to say this? I'm just a television viewer. I don't. What do I know? But the the choreography wasn't like it's just. Eh, eh, eh. Yeah, I can't really I can't really say what's bad about it. I don't know. I'm not an analyst on that stuff. But it just wasn't super exciting. It's also just confusing placement. So characters can yeah. have a conversation. No one's around. No enemies. And then when their conversation's done, then the enemy shows up. Right, like up. Matt's talking with Perrin, and then, okay, yeah, hope hope you can fight these guys. And what happened with that scene where the guy was trying to kill Perrin? Oh, yeah. No, you have the white cloak just on top of Perrin, about to kill him. Hopper comes in, stops him, and they kill the they kill Hopper. Yeah. They go, oh, sad. And then the white cloak gets up, is all good. Just leaves Perrin alone. And then looks at Perrin, and then just leaves. Why? Like he was trying to kill Perrin, right? Yeah, he was trying uh, to kill Perrin. Am I misremembering that? No, no. He just leaves. And Perrin's just kind of sitting there. No one's attacking. Then he goes on his rageful, which we get on to Perrin. Oh, God. Poor setup. So, okay, we got season one Perrin. Mm -hmm. what, what is his big moment and maybe his moment of self-reflection from season one? He is struggling between man and beast. 
does he will he become more he's afraid of himself he in his rage he killed his wife and he's afraid of he's going to become more wolf-like he's going to become less man yeah. and in his rage when Egwene is being tortured he his eyes go yellow and he kills a white cloak and he attacks and he goes feral it's like ah okay that's the thing he's afraid of he's afraid of going feral and going wolf-like got it and he attacks a white cloak and kills the white cloak and all okay season two what happens He's getting fight, and he sees a friend, Hopper, get killed, and then he goes wild and feral, and then he kills a white cloak. So it's a repeat. It's a repeat. Why? Why? Why have it? Why do it twice? And then do nothing with it. And there's no fear when he's attacking other people. He's bad. There's no fight with his psyche. It's just boring, and it's a repeat. It was lame. Why is he there? Ah, you got Matt. Let's go on to Matt. Matt sucked as well. But to be fair, Matt sucked in the books. So this was the one I was hoping for change. <laughs> what? I'm just letting you rant. I'm just, <laughs> just, just, just going to go off. <laughs> this is nice to watch, though. This is good. Keep going. Keep going. <laughs> so forgetting books, honestly. Yeah. Just look at, is it, was it a good story? From the show. Was the Matt. Yeah. I was interested. I was actually interested after episode seven because like, oh, are they going to give Matt something? like interesting uh, decisions to make? Is there going to be a, a consequential decision that he makes that will jeopardize the relationship between his friends? Is it going to be a hard choice? What, what's going to happen here? Maybe he's going to be temp really tempted to the shadow. No. It just kind of cuts the lock and then fights and has a hug with... Uh, and oh, instead of in his like tempted with rage and oh, I just threw the spear to Shamael and it went through him because it was a trick and then stabbed Rand by accident. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> Matt, Matt had no character development. There's nothing he had to fight against. No hard decisions that he had to do. Was it just me or that moment when Matt stabbed, uh, stabbed Rand accidentally? That was hilarious. I, I laughed. I yeah, thought I was too. I know they weren't trying to make us laugh. I laughed. But it was funny. It was funny. It's just he charges. Also, okay, from this is a Shamael's plan. Yeah. The whole thing is he is trying to turn Rand's friends to the shadow, and that will break Rand. And that that's his whole thing. Like, hey, I was your friend, uh, Louis Theron, and I turned to the shadow. They have that opening in the beginning of episode eight of talking between the two of them. And so that's why he goes to Matt. He's trying to turn Matt to the shadow and he's tempting him with the knife. And that would be a conflict and a hurtful moment for Rand that Matt, his friend, turned to the shadow and betrayed him. That's what he wants. Mm. And instead he gets, oh, Matt tried to kill Ishamael, but whoopsie daisy hurts Rand. And Ishamael's like, haha, it was my plan. Like, there was a simple trick. And how does that break Rand's psyche at all? Mm. It's, it's lame. It's just boring. Th that's the thing. Like, forget the books. That's just a lame plot point. Why couldn't you make it interesting? Or <sighs> you get Can't, something interesting, yep, yep. and this is compared to the books. Mm -hmm. Why does Matt blow the horn? It's not to defend himself, it's to defend his friends. His friends, are they're all together, and there's a moment of, you know, the low moment, they think they're all going to die, and yeah. he blows the horn to save his friends and ultimately rescue 
uh, Egwene and all these things. Mm-hmm. Instead, Matt's just kind of by himself and is like, uh-oh, guys, I'm not going to take on 20 guys and then blows the horn for himself. And it's way less cool. I would have loved, like, why can't they have uh, Matt, uh, lo- like, why can't they have Matt with Perrin and Loyal and then the Sean Chan and then the um, the White Cloaks are there? Like, they they're already did that part of the White Cloaks fighting Perrin and all this and Matt in the center of it going, oh my god, we're on a war on two sides, and then he blows the horn. They could have basically done the same thing. It would have been much eff- extra effort. You're already there. But you do the lame choice. Why? Why do they pick the lame choice every time? It's stupid. <laughs> you know, I've taken all your questions as rhetorical. I've loved this whole rant. This is fantastic. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something to grind your gears even more. Are you ready for this? Sure. By the way, I subscribe to basically everything you said as well. Yeah. And you should also subscribe to this channel. Yeah. <laughs> if you also are negative about many things, uh, go ahead, subscribe to hear more of us more, more positive complaining. Books. Uh, know, like but books. the thing is, episodes one to seven, we're promising. Yeah. That's it, Okay. This is why I'm most promising. upset. It was promising. It was, that's coming from me. I don't love the yeah. book either. And well, I was... All the characters, <laughs> except maybe Rand, but like Rand was setting up. I, I, was, I also Matt I was, was hoping Matt was kind of in the same place the whole time. I was like, "Hey, what are they going to do with him?" But they didn't he's, have much screen time it, with him. But they had it, that episode yep, 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 yep. of "Hey, he's seen this dark side of his previous lives, or mm-hmm. maybe a trick, maybe Forkroot, and then you know, Ashamael going in the dreams things." I, that's my theory on it. Okay, but he was doing that, trying to tempt him to the shadow, and I was like, "Oh my god!" They have that vision of Matt stabbing Rand and sitting over him, and okay, wow, maybe he does do that. He is tempted to the shadow, and he hurts Rand, and then his redeeming moment is he blows the Horn of Valir for the light and redeems himself from the shadow and brings himself back. Maybe. That would be cool. Him tempted between the light and the dark and hard decisions. Nope. No hard decisions made. Who, who had a difficult choice to make in this entire show? Okay, here's what I gotta do for you. While while you're heated, I just I gotta get more of this, Richard. This keep, keep coming, keep coming. Okay, ready? <laughs> this is on. By the way, on the dusty wheel, that would be so curious to see you and him talking. I I uh, want to go back. I, I'm just, gonna I'm gonna message him. I I, I want wanna, to have I, my little if, rant. If I think the dusty wheel that they loved it, apparently the people that were on, I want to yeah. see you and them interact. That would be just very fun <laughs> for me. <laughs> this is what some top comments were saying, and mm-hmm. here's one. This has like 22 likes. It's the top one of the top comments on their video. I won't put the person's name, but this is what they this is what they said. Never been this satisfied with an episode of TV ever. Just so many moments that hit so well. I totally get that some of the changes from the books are pretty out there, but I have zero issues buying into them. They work in the context of this amazing second season, and more and more of these characters are ringing true to the ones I know and love from 20-plus years of reading the books and over and over. Can't wait for Rand to come into his own. Can't wait for the next season. Thank the light. We'll have the dusty... Then it goes on from there. But people... I'm just using this as an example to say, I I don't know, but people are saying this is an amazing episode of TV. Look, okay... I'm I'm solely connected. I'm judging this on internal the show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't have to be faithful to the books. It doesn't have to be, but something they set up specifically for the show was Logan. Of Logan is going to be the one to train Rand, or at least teach him something, something at all, and to control his powers because it he's going wild. They didn't do any of that at all. What was Logan's actual per- Lo- 
ultimately, what did he do? He basically told Moraine that, oh, yeah, you're being shielded. And it's tied a tied-off weave. That's hmm. actually his purpose for the show. That's the most consequential thing. He didn't teach Rand anything. And yet, when Rand comes to Falm, he has enough control or power to just take out these guys. He doesn't get this cool fight scene, which makes sense, because they don't show him learning how to use a sword. So it would make no sense that he goes up against a blade master. So, okay, he uses the one power. Fine. If that's the direction you want to do, that's the change you want, fine. Then you have to show something of him learning from low gain. Just something about him having such control over the one power. Yeah. He's so con- precise and he's so um, it, he's so controlled with the power that you see none of the madness or none of the toll that you'd expect from the dragon, I guess, that we get in the books. Well, but, we have the episodes previous. He, he can't control his powers at all yeah. in the previous episodes of this season that he sets the um the inn uh, you know Celine's inn basically on fire in his sleep by accident because he can't control his powers at all mm. it doesn't work when he wants to and it kind of just comes out in a big burst of rage he when he's talking with Loghain and he's supposed to learn something he gathers it all and he just can't he has to release it he can't control it, it almost hurts himself mm-hmm. and then he shows up to Falm and he has the precision and control to use it Okay. Now let me ask you this. Given the benefit of the doubt, other people love this episode. What do you think was a positive of the finale? What do you think was something good that maybe you're being too harsh on if you were to look at this in a positive light against the dark? Internal internal to the show, the conflict between Moraine and Land was handled competently. I, I get it. They set it up in the beginning. Moraine is pushing Land away. Why is she doing this? Because she is afraid of how uncertain she is and how of her failures. And if she reconnects the bond with Lan, she would be forced to confront it and all this stuff. Fine. Get it. And they come to a good understanding between the two of them. Fine. Do I like the change of going, oh, I said that we're not equals because I, be- I believe that you are my better. No, that's not Moraine, but. Fine. It's what do you, its own show. What do you think about the change with this whole season where Moraine loses her connection to the one power? Um, Was that a good change? Was it a bad change or was it neutral? I'm neutral on it. I don't think they did too, too much with it, but it wasn't completely dropped. It wasn't just a dropped storyline where with Matt, it really was. They're setting up his conflict of maybe going to the shadow and it felt like that was just dropped mm. and inconsequential with uh, naive of her learning to overcome her block and the direction toward healing and what she knows and and her accepting her power and like figuring out that it takes rage to uh, channel that was dropped completely mm-hmm. why is she there uh, Elaine is kind of there not much uh, Perrin we've got a repeat of season one Rand what struggle is there? What decisions does he make? Anything interesting? Well, this is just a depressing episode of Tudor Ramble. It's it's sad because the setup was interesting. Like, I liked Deshamayo. The actor did a great job. Mm. I was was intimidated. He's cool. He actually had plans going on, and it seemed intimidating. Uh, Lanfear was an improvement over the book. Uh, you know, over the book, I, I really liked her. 
Um, her playing both sides. Cool. Cool beans. Liked that. The Lanfear improvement. Ah, God. Are you excited for season three? No. Okay. That was like, this question. was it. This was their, <laughs> that was, so this was their chance. That was the worst question I could have possibly asked you that. No. It, if they fumble the bag this hard, mm. there mm. were no, there's no COVID to COVID excuse. There's no, oh, hey, characters, uh, you know, our actor for Matt left uh, before filming was done. Yeah. None of that. This was just them heavily dropping the ball when they had s- such a good thing going. I-, I can't imagine them doing doing better as season three. If you were the writer of the show and yeah. could do season eight differently, what's the first what's the biggest change you would make? Honestly, keep episodes one through seven the same. Just deliver on the promises that they set up. So they set up with Nynaeve to actually learn something. Maybe it, her it all comes down to the characters not fulfilling what they what they were what they're set to. up. Because you give, every, everybody give did moment. intertwine. You had all the characters come together. Yeah, and everybody did have their moments, but their moments didn't seem to line up with where the story was telling you it was going. Yeah, so you could have had set up the moment of Matt. So they're setting up the whole show that Matt abandoned his friends. He abandoned them, and his conflict with that, and then also his conflict with the shadow. How does he see himself? Then you deliver on him tempted with the shadow, but then maybe he is, he hurts Rand, and but then he turns to the light and saves saves uh, Perrin and Loyal and Rand and Egwene, all them, with the Horn of Elir. That would be a deliver on the promise. With Perrin, give him something to fight over, like his him being scared of himself and fighting back. Like not just a repeat of season one, like give some ex- escalation there. With Egwene, you set it up perfectly of her actually having some real trauma to go through and some real PTSD to get over in season three. Like you can't just you can't think so short term of, oh, we need to have this big hero moment for Egwene at the end of the season. No, this is a multi-season show. This is her low point to rise from. That's hold on. You're you're on to something there. That might be the crux of the problem is that maybe it felt one rushed. And two, they were trying to give a satisfaction of something that you shouldn't be getting for many, many seasons well, no. later. Clearly, the showrunners think like, their favorite character is Egwene because she's taking moments both in season one and season two from all the other characters mm. and giving her all the cool glory moments, which she hasn't earned yet. She needs to have well, some it, actual struggle and hardship to overcome mm. stuff that she does fail. She needs to fail before she can succeed so or else she's uninteresting. Right. The, the fact that she goes through the hardest, most traumatic thing in her life in that torture scene, she acted her ass off. It was great. Great acting. And then she just overcame it herself? No. Like, also, I have a question on the lore of this, okay? Just, go just ahead. From, I could see the loophole of this, but think of Egwene's relationship with her Domani. Yeah. Right. Do I have that right? That, that the, It's Domani and... No, her Soldom. She's a Domani. Whichever... Right, yeah. Do you, which one is it? She's the Domani? She's the Domani. That's a Soldom. Yes. Right? Okay. So she can't do anything to hurt her Soldom. Mm. And the whole thing about getting the water, she can't use the, she's going to use the water as a weapon. Well, so she in cannot, her head, she thinks that it's yeah. possible. That mm-hmm. maybe she isn't even intending to use it right then, but she thinks it is capable that I could use this as a weapon to hurt right. my Soldom. And that's why yeah. it stops her. 
Exactly. So then when she goes to take the collar and put it on her soldam, wouldn't that use the same logic of she's intentionally putting that collar so that she can harm her soldam? Because in her head, she's going, take collar, put it on soldam so that I can mute her and then beat her ass and kill her. Like, yeah. I don't uh, think she's using that collar to be like, here you go, bye. Like, isn't it the same logic of how can you beat your soldam if like the, the innate magic of how it's set up and how the viewer should expect it. That's how if, I read into it. If Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think if I'm going to give it the biggest generous uh, benefit of the doubt here, mm-hmm. she was not using it as a weapon. She was just putting, she's making it so that they're equal. It's no longer, like, mm. she isn't technically hurting her with the collar. It doesn't cause her pain. It doesn't hurt her. But now when Egwene hurts her, they both feel the pain instead of just the one. And then it, she plays the game of chicken. She's choking choking her out, and it's choking her out. And bas- mm. basically, hey, either we both die or you release us. <laughs> and she wins. And she, you know, she's stronger. And uh, Okay, so no. the, the loophole of like it wasn't attacking her was making us equals. Yeah. It's just a weird asterisk that yeah, you have to I put don't on think it. You it should. It's just not built up in a way that's like, oh, of course, that's how she gets out of it. Here's the thing. It's it's a change. I don't particularly like the change, but if the change was interesting and led to a better result, mm. cool. Right. It didn't. It led to a worse storytelling element. I feel like, too, the reason that didn't happen in the books is because the, the magic system, the way the world's set up, is that you can't do that to your soul, Dom. No, that's it, why you are so. That, that's that why, is why it's it terrifying. Looks, it's why it's terrifying. It's why she has literally no way out. So to yeah. make to make a loophole to give her a way out, you had to kind of break the magic of it and break the logic of it in order to have a moment that wasn't there in the books. Yeah, and that, that's also, what it seems to be. And here's, I guess, over the bigger points that we have, it's a nitpick that I've heard before, and just wanted to explain that. I the best moments with Egwene and. Uh, her captor, her her soul dom, Rena, 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 yeah, was the psychological moments where she saw Egwene as not even human, mm. as a pet, and treated where the moment where she like, oh, I know, I see how that your the tree gives you hope and it gives brings you happiness and then makes her burn it and rewards her. From the books, they go even further of like renames her like mm, i don't like that name oh, we're gonna call you Tuli, and treats her as a pet Hopefully, and is yeah. when when a pet disobeys you're not angry with her you're not gonna beat her it's like i'm just really disappointed it they don't know better that dehumanizing aspect is far more horrifying than just beating her like physically hurting her she doesn't need to do that she could use the collar just like how Nynaeve did hmm. but yeah, think about like, the plan that Nynaeve and Elaine and Elaine have, where they they take the collar, they sack uh, the the other Aes Sedai sacrificed her life so they could get the collar, and then they do it. They they work their way in. They're like, okay, where is where is uh, Egwene okay, and yeah. all that? Oh, they're in the tower. Okay, and then they just get stopped by an arrow, and then they sit around. And why? Okay, that plan then just is pointless. Failed lame that's the worst thing it's lame it doesn't have to be like the book it just has to not be lame 
there anything is there anything I'm missing from the characters or plot moments? That, no, like, you, I'm, you, got I have it. Any, you got it covered. Do I have any like gaps where like, oh, that was cool? Any other cool things that I missed? You're preaching to the choir. Because a- as someone who was already, I'm not the biggest fan of The Great Hunt. Mm-hmm. And then watching the show, I'm already watching a show adapted of a book I don't particularly love. So this is this is your thing. And I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm the only thing I'm disappointed about is how disappointing it was to you. And to, I mean, yeah. I, I didn't go in with high expectations. Yeah. But I was genuinely impressed by episodes one through seven. I was like, okay, they're going in an interesting direction. The acting's phenomenal. And then again, the payoff was just not there for the reasons you stated. Yeah. And I think if other people disagree, if you really want to chew Richard out, not just in the comments, but to his face, you can join our exclusive Patreon <laughs> on Discord where we have a monthly book club where usually we like the books. It's, yeah. It's, generally, we like Generally, things. we like the books. But this, this was not our day. No. This this was just not you know Rich I feel I feel a little bad that you're ending on such a bad note I feel like I should make you happy with something uh, don't worry I'm gonna right after this I'm reading book three I was gonna say we could keep talking after the pod to make you like bring your spirits up oh that makes it worse I if you want to make my day better I want to see you go into your room and then not come out for give me twenty four hours I'd like that all right my day's planned. Your uh, your food will be delivered to your room. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. I hope Bye. you enjoyed. <laughs>